0: Live from the ESPN 690 Adajara Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Five
1: o'clock hour here on a Wednesday. Monster Jam returned to Jacksonville at TIAA Bank Field Saturday, March 6th, and Sunday, March 7th. That's coming up. Tickets start at just $20, but you can win yours from ESPN 690. Go to the contest page on ESPN690.com for your chance to win. Monster Jam tickets coming up this weekend. ESPN690.com for your chance to win. Brent Morton, Austin Lane, Coos has been popping in and out, but he's got some other things going on. So, Scott is here. To the rescue. Good to have uh, Scott. Seriously, for the first time in months. Coming in off the bench, coach. Put me in. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we're talking Queen's Gambit. Enough said. Like, we even went to Weber.
0: Stewart learned how to push the buttons. I walked past one day, and I saw him in here, and I thought... Okay, well that's that was that's Brent's a, call. That's a good thing, uh, and that's important to have extra resources and stuff.
2: And, that was Brent Martinos' call,
0: no. and I was you know mildly hurt, but it was okay because I took one for the team because it's important to have a, a good rotation. Well, see, what we were told really
1: was that you just didn't want to be here. You had more important things to do, <laughs> so that's why we had to get Weber in.
2: You think
0: I want to hang out around with Stuart uh, Weber more
2: than I already have to? The modern era producer, Brent. We gotta deal with them too, don't we, man? <laughs> Talking See, about it all the time.
0: Now, from all I've ever experienced hanging out with uh, Stuart, he's a great guy. From all I've seen and heard of him as a producer, he's a great producer. So, it's an absolute asset to the team. And I'm happy to give up some of my playing time if it gets some more capable players in there. Oh, wow. And it gets Stewart. a chance for us to you know, have a more dominant game.
2: Stuart just got the Scott, it sounds like. <laughs> That's and, what it sounds like. It sounds like there's some kind of that aside, know,
0: put me in, Coach. Sounds <laughs> like some heard kind of demo <laughs> transaction going <laughs> I on. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh
1: anyway. Good to have Scott here though. Of course,
2: man. I miss that dude.
1: Uh no doubt. Uh Marcel Robinson will check in. Speaking of the Action Sports Jack staff, uh he is down at the Soccer State Championships, St. John's country. We're gonna get into it. But they'll they are playing for a tenth. Straight state wow. championship.
2: Where's the state championships located? Uh, down that? in DeLand.
1: DeLand, okay. Yeah, it's about an hour south, so not too far away. Okay. But, uh, and we have one, two, three, four, three girls teams, one boys team playing this week. Not just today, but uh, – yeah. and. Uh, there's obviously some uh, boys basketball, so we we'll get into some I'm high I'm not
2: sure basketball. if we're still cool with him, but is John Bachman's kids playing? Yes, yeah. uh,
1: Anna Bachman is still okay. playing for Bartram Trail. They go for back-to-back state championships. Nice. On Friday, we don't like John very much, but good luck to Anna. Yeah, well, I don't know. Bartram I mean, Trail.
2: I noticed he hasn't come on the show anymore. I don't know what happened. No, we, we, we had a good thing going for a while. Yeah, then...
1: the pandemic hit, and he just decided to not use a phone. <laughs> I was going to say, "What phones don't work all of <laughs> a <Yeah. sudden>?
2: Gotcha. <laughs> all right, I think so all
1: right. Uh, hey, speaking of high schools, you brought this up. I hadn't yeah. seen this. Yeah. In Kentucky, they voted unanimously, 36 to nothing, yeah. to give seniors back their year for sports. Yeah. So basically, you become a super senior. This is something that we've seen and we've been okay with, by the way, at the collegiate level. Should sure. you go get your master's degree or finish up your schooling or whatever it might be? And some have taken advantage, some haven't. But in high school, nobody's doing this. Kentucky's saying, we're going to try this. Uh, and there's still a lot i read up on it and couldn't find a ton of detail like i think there's a lot to be worked this out this is
2: fresh still yeah, yeah. i mean they, they just ruled this
1: but it does raise a lot of questions like what will they study uh, you know what how do you fulfill the classes can you homeschool can you can you do all these things your first look at this you like it or you don't like it
2: see i mean you know how i am man i, I try to see both sides of it from where i sit here with you i don't like it because now it's not fair to, like, the juniors coming up. I mean, it's just, to me, it's going to discombobulate everything. Like th- I think the effects of this are going to last longer than a year. But at the same time, if you put yourself into those kids' shoes who didn't get to play a full season or didn't get to experience their senior year of playing sports, which is a magical time, well, then I'm sure they're excited, as they should be, because they have the right to play out their senior year. So I get both sides, but like once again, where I sit, because I don't have a son, like I I don't have any kids at stake right now in this whole thing. So where I sit, it's like, I don't know how I feel about this, man. I feel like you're gonna have more problems than than good coming
3: up.
1: Yeah, here's the thing. Last year, when seniors lost uh, that year, you felt really bad. And by the way, this this wasn't just sports. They lost being in school um, for many of them, and proms and end of the year things, and those are. For some, they're bigger than for others, but they yeah. are big, right? And people talk about that stuff, and those are memories, and that's a big deal. I kind of had the view of, you know what, sometimes life sucks, you know? Yeah, I man. mean, life isn't fair. I mean, And so at that stage, I'm like, okay, it's going to be a one-year thing, and it, it's a bummer. But there are other places to play sports these days. There's travel things. There's this. There's that. Not for everybody, but – I just don't know if we should be rewriting the rules and everything just for a three-month span uh, that took place in kind of like the history of our country. Well, here we are like a year later, and in some parts of the country, and I know this is a debatable topic, and I'm not here to debate that, okay? I'm to debate what – there are some places that just aren't opened up. Like there are some places that aren't – like in Florida, it's like, okay, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because – People are playing like life is somewhat normal. Uh, that's not the case everywhere else. I do now have kids in high school sports. If it was me, I, I'm not telling you that Like I would say Tyler and Kaylee, okay, let's go back to high school for a year and play another year. I'm not sure – I don't think I would say that. I'd probably be like, all right, time to move on. Hopefully, you can go play in college or whatever. If you want to keep playing, go play in a rec league. Go find a Wiley. Go find whatever, right? Yeah, <laughs> go sure, find sure. some slow-pitch softball league on a Tuesday night, and boom, there it is. Uh, I, I would think that's the way I would trend toward – Like, but I had – even me, and this has nothing to do with the pandemic, I had another year of eligibility in college. Mm-hmm. I didn't use it. I went. Like I was – it wasn't going – to. I never looked at it as like I'm coming to come going to come back for my fifth year, play that final season. No, I'm, I'm going to the workforce. You know, life, is it's time to move on. Yeah, That's the way I look at it. And I probably would look at it the same way with my kids, I think. I think. But the high school experience so far for us has been really fun. I could see why if my kid was a senior, I'd be like, man, I could see if I was the senior. I want to do this again. And I have less of a problem with it in this context. One, it's been multiple years now. Mm-hmm. So if you if you now you're telling me now you couldn't play your junior senior year. Heck, that's what you're supposed to be able to play, your junior senior year. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the case for some of these folks and you really want to play, and and now it's inhibited the fact that you could even get to a college or whatever, I'm okay with it. I think what I ask is how does that impact the academic part of it? Yeah. Well, I think that's easier than than we want to believe. There are so many kids now that go almost to school in their senior year part-time. They do dual enrollment. They're going to college most of the time and then checking into high school for a class or going to play sports anyway. You know how many kids in the area right now are playing sports but are likely doing most of their classes at, like, FSCJ or somewhere else? Like, that happens now without the pen. So I don't think I have a problem with the academic part. It's already happening. Yeah, yeah. The, the last part of this is kind of what you indicated. What does that mean for – or maybe it was an article I read. It wasn't you. What does that mean for, like, the kids that are coming up? No, I mean, yeah. Right? that is, Because yes. now you've got seniors potentially holding back freshmen, sophomores, juniors from yeah.
2: playing. Like, this might have been their opportunity so, to play. Well, and the whole reason I came across this article is because my friend who is a coach in Kentucky, high school coach, okay. actually brought that question up. He was worried about now some of the underclassmen who are coming up who – Man, I get an opportunity to start or get a lot of playing time because of all the seniors coming back. So this is where I actually got the idea from.
1: Yeah, and it's a it's so it's a fascinating topic. And I got to be honest with you, man. The way I sit at right now, I don't think too many people would take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, but if they did, I don't think I'd have a problem with it.
0: I got to wonder what kind of a burden would that put on the um, the school communities for their funding and stuff, though. Because you got to look for some kind of additional expense outlay for that increased student body if you should have a significant response to that. And uh, that impacts a lot of other funding resources and programs that are already allocated. And and that,
1: Scott, is a good point. I don't have a good answer for you. But I will say that's even a problem right now in the college ranks. Like, it's 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 not like these open checkbooks in college. That's a big problem oh, in college. Honoring scholarships, extra rosters, all these things. That's what's going on. Like, that's a real issue in college right now. And this logjam that's been created in college because of the pandemic over the last year, uh, and especially in the spring sports, because that's the season that got taken away and given back. Uh, but now even, like, basketballs like that, right? Like most sports now are giving the year back. It's a free year. Perfect. You basically – you don't have to red shirt or anything. You now have a free year if you choose to take it. I don't know this year compared to last year the numbers of people that are going to take advantage of that. I just remember when we had Nick Morrow on from UNF. He said they had like 12 kids, I think in their spring sports that qualified because their softball team was super young. Yeah. And so they didn't even have many seniors. And six of them were going to take advantage of the year. So I think it was a 50% thing. Mm-hmm. And the school was going to come up with the scholarship money and fundraise to fill those extra scholarships, if I if I remember correctly. But, but your question's a real one. It's a good one. I don't know the economics of it. Um, I also just don't get the feeling that this would be like 100% participation. And I'd be shocked if it was over 50% participation. I think most kids would probably move on.
0: And I don't know the sports mentality of uh, high school athletes in Kentucky where this uh, discussion's taking place right now. But you take a look at a place like Texas and you look at high school football, which is like the second or third largest religion in the state there. <laughs> and uh, and you've, got an inter- you've got a really interesting <laughs> dynamic on how that kind of idea might impact that sort of a community as well and uh it's it's an interesting prospect when you look at the high school students it's one thing to say it about college students because if you're already there on a scholarship or something or if you're already there on merit then they'll find a place for you if they've got the resource if they don't have the resource then it didn't, it's just not meant to be yeah um with high school you you're doing a disservice to the other students and in that lost year didn't you have prior years of performance where you've got your footage that you've got to a uh, Submit sometimes. to, to not, some of your uh, well, scouts and such. But
1: take a high school senior right now, and the answer to your question is you might have eight games. Right. Because if you have a high school senior right now and they, their season got cut short. And by the way, it's again, it's not the case here in Florida. Yeah. But if that's the case in Kentucky, where your baseball or softball or lacrosse season got canceled last year and is you're not allowed to play like this year either, well, now you're talking about two years. No, I would say nine out of ten spots on a varsity roster are fulfilled with juniors and seniors so mm-hmm. you might not have you might have played JV or, or something else as a freshman sophomore at that school in Kentucky right but you never had a varsity career against like what would be you know in quotes better competition more recent tape all those kind of things so I think that is pretty significant if you lose your your both years uh, I know you can't fix it for everybody but I just don't hate this option at Kentucky. And by it, the
2: way, obviously they didn't find it either, and they're going to figure it out because 36 oh, was, to nothing. It was unanimous. <laughs> and, and listen, like, there's no perfect solution here, Brent, right? And like I said, I, I wonder how it's going to react to the juniors and, and the sophomores. Like, will there be a trickle-down effect for years to come? I really don't have the answer to that because it depends how many of those seniors come back. But at the same time, to agree with you a little bit, I don't want to be the guy that says, all right, well, sorry, guys, you can't, uh, you missed your senior season tough like th- that's life like yeah i understand that's life but to sit here and tell a 17 a, a year old kid or an 18 year old kid like you know you can't control the uncontrollables but this just happened at this year sucks to be you go look in your in your future endeavors like that's a hard conversation to have.
0: So much for your $40 million career. Go get a $9 an hour job. Good luck, <laughs> kids. Sure. Well, listen, I will say this, okay, and the reality of
1: it is if you're a senior and you don't have, like, a, a scholarship, it doesn't mean you're not going to get one or anything like that, but most of the time you're probably trying to find a spot. Yeah. You're not going to, like, a Power 5 school. This isn't going to end up you being in the pros. I mean, you still might be a very good player, just hasn't found a spot yet, especially now with the log jam, yeah. so I'm not being disrespectful to those folks. But usually by the going into your senior year, you usually know or have some players. Places to play, or and some are still trying to find it. And again, that happens. But doesn't, they're probably not going to Florida to play baseball. If it's that's certainly the case. an
0: opportunity for some of the rec leagues to step up and maybe increase their exposure on this. And uh, for those places where they are considering giving students an extra year or half year to accommodate the lost season, uh, throwing in some advanced placement coursework, doing some dual enrollment resource, uh, something like that, so they're getting an academic benefit out of it as well. Uh, Something significant that will also serve to benefit them besides the additional sports opportunities. You make the best of a bad situation.
1: I think the motivation behind me, if I were voting yes for this, has very little to do with your opportunity to play at the next level. I think... The reason why you potentially offer somebody this opportunity is because that is the person that really feels like the memories lost of playing high school ball as a senior, as a junior, the proms, the this, the that, the stuff that they're missing out on is very important to. And I don't think you can minimize that. That might not be super important to me, but it might be super important to you. And so I think it's more about that, that high school experience. Like you only get that once. Mm -hmm. And some people... Like my my best friend from home, man, he he like I always say, I wish I'd go back to college, right? He says I wish I'd go back to high school. Yeah. Like I didn't look at high school that way. Like that wasn't I was like, No, I wouldn't go back to high school. Get out. I'd go yeah. back to college. Sure. But some people look at like high school like, ah, man that's best four years of my life or best three no, years later of my life and, and I'm
3: kind
2: of the same way when it comes to sports so that's so I especially that's in where, these small towns of Kentucky
1: yeah that's where yeah. I would lean toward that's the value of it like that's why I would vote for it that that person really feels strongly um about that the one last thing on this there is like an age limit to play mm-hmm that's that would have to be. Wa- now, most states have it. I'm assuming Kentucky has it. But yeah. That would have to be waived a little bit. And that's a sincere one when it comes to physical sports, especially like football. But even a lacrosse, I think, comes into play here because you could essentially have like a 19 to 20 year old kid playing against like <laughs> a 14 year old kid. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a freshman. Yeah. You know, yeah. if. I mean, that that scenario could take place. And I know, like, districts and states, they want to avoid that kind of situation. That's why they put an age limit on
2: it. Do you think that we see other states take note here and maybe go this direction as well? Or do you think it's kind of a. I think it's pretty limited in the states. Like, I don't know
1: who's open and who's not. Like, I don't know who's shut down playing sports. I, I know, like, Rhode Island back home is pretty closed up like not it's not shut down but i know they're playing sports mm-hmm. so i don't know if they would even have to raise this question mm-hmm. um so i guess it would i don't know how many are out there that that would have to even ask this question anymore for this year's class of seniors um or not uh, speaking of some high school ball let's go down to the land right now i think action sports jacks Marcel robinson hanging on the line sorry to keep you waiting man uh give us an update st john's country day girls soccer uh sounds like a chilly Windy day down there in the land.
3: Man, this thing is over. Let's pack up the barn, close the concession stand. Don't even <laughs> turn on the lights. This thing is over. It's six zero. We got about twenty twenty one about twenty minutes left in the second half. Uh, weather's good, um, but not as well as to play on the field. I mean, we, we expected as far as to come in here and play a great game. Obviously undefeated on the season, and you know nine straight champion, state championships going for ten. And, and you can tell, I mean, they're, they're just—it's just been one-sided all game. I mean, I think their their opponent Canterbury may have four shots on goal, um, but this thing has just been over from the start. Obviously, uh, 15 seconds in, Mia Sandler puts in the first goal, and it's just been, you know, essentially a railroad from there.
1: Uh, St. John's Country Day, by the way, going for 10 in a row. How much of that dominant? I mean, they're going to win their 10th straight, man. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's incredible. Uh, is there a conversation down there about it?
3: Uh, not, not as much. I think for the most part, to be honest with you, it's kind of crazy when you think about it because it's one of those things that it doesn't even feel natural for a normal person to say, but it was kind of expected. Yeah, it was. I mean, even, even though this team is, is by, by all accounts from guys I've talked to who covered this team for a, a long time, they have said that this isn't even the best team that they've had. Um, what they have become here And the uh, way they, they actually may have changed their entire, uh, their entire lineup midway through the season swapping around their formations, Um, it's just, it's it's honestly unbelievable to watch. It's sort of, you know, indescribable when you just sit here and watch how, you know, the, the difference in the demeanor of both teams is just, we just hit on, Last
1: water break for the game, and it's just—I've never seen a team look more defeated than Canterbury. All right, Marcel Robinson, you break break it up a little bit on us. It uh, sounds like pretty windy, but you got the the boys from St. John's Country Day going tomorrow as well. We'll have some highlights tonight on uh, CBS 47, Fox 30. Thanks for checking in, man. You got it. Ten in a row. I covered Mount St. Charles hockey in Rhode Island. They're out of socket. You know Brian Berard and names like that. Okay. Garth Snow uh, came from that program.
2: Garth Snow? Garth Snow. Oh, Garth Snow. Still a pretty badass hockey name. You don't know Garth Snow? I don't think I know Garth played Snow. He played for the uh, Flyers in net for a long time. Really? Yeah. Okay. yeah he's a
1: pretty, pretty well-known guy. Okay. Uh, Berard um, obviously was a terrific player
2: um was barard the one who suffered the eye injury hmm. okay yeah you're right about snow played for philadelphia for a while vancouver yeah. the islanders
1: islanders too yeah yeah it was was it Barard? gosh it's been a while now yeah uh, it was it was barard right um and he was an unbelievable talent and then Got hit in the face with the puck. Changed oh, his whole career yeah. with the eye. Oof. I mean, it was nasty. Yeah, um, But so many, countless guys out of Mount St. Charles. Great hockey program. Yeah. Like, it was unfair, almost, that they played hockey against some of the teams they had to play against in Rhode For Island. Sure. They won, like, 26 state championships in a row. Twenty six. That's ridiculous. It might have even been more. it like was like twenty six when I was. Mighty ducks,
2: but except it's for real.
1: But St. John's Country Day in girls' soccer, you know, they're in because of the size of their school, they're in the lower classifications. They've won ten in a row now. And they are thumping people. I, I want to say their last three scores, I think. Right now they're up six nothing in soccer. In <laughs> soccer. In a state championship game. Yeah. They won eight to one, I think it was last week. And previous, like, so this would have been the elite eight round.
2: Mm-hmm. They won ten to nothing. So they obviously pump out like the college recruits as well, right? They're there's big a bunch time of college program. players, yeah. And,
1: and so to, to the point where, like, an unbelievable coach and and everybody, yeah. Uh, but. They can play like Bartram Trails in the highest classification. They're playing for their second straight state championship. But if St. John's Country Day in a very lower, a much lower, like I think in two, I think they are. Yeah. Uh, in soccer, mm-hmm. if they were to face Bartram, it would be a good match. But they would they can beat them half the time, if not more than half the time. In fact, they beat them earlier this year. Yeah. So. You're not you're just talking about a school <laughs> you wonder at some point will somebody be like get them out of our class <laughs> <laughs> for sure right? bump them like, up please bump them up they yeah. are that good like they are a dynasty Uh, and they're good year in, year out. And I think Marcel said, yeah, some people will argue it's not even their best team. Well, that's certainly debatable. They've had unbelievable teams, but they are just sailing to another state championship.
2: When you think of hotbeds of sports, right, like you think of hotbeds in football, obviously there's the Texas area, there's like the Ohio area, Pennsylvania, and then there's Florida, you know? You think of like hotbeds like for lacrosse, it's obviously the northeast and the east coast. How is soccer around like the Florida area? Is Uh, it considered a hotbed or is it? I mean, is soccer kind of universal? Like, the West Coast has that, too? I should say football on the West Coast. They have some talent there as well.
1: It's a good question. Yeah. I um And I don't know if I would have a great answer. I know this. I think almost any sport in the state of Florida is going to be it's pretty legit. competitive. Yeah. Like, you're going to get pockets that are really good. Yeah. And I think uh, if you look at the travel programs that are in the state of Florida right here in Jacksonville, yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been involved with soccer enough to know at that level like where it compares, like I could tell you baseball, it compares even in Jacksonville. Like it's it's probably not overall as strong in getting the elite players like at South Florida, mm-hmm. but it compares to other parts of the state. It compares to California. It compares to Texas. It compares to you name it. Um The baseball's been that good in Jacksonville now. And I think it shows that. Uh But I would still say South Florida's. Probably King. Uh, Same goes for football, right? I mean, it's an unbelievable place in football, but probably you'll find some of the premier teams, better teams, overall talent, high talent, uh, probably in South Florida. I would think that's an accurate statement. So I don't know what that means for soccer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just have to believe some of the soccer players that – like I think this is a nationally renowned program, St. John's Country Day. Yeah. Like I I think people that know soccer in Nevada – Mm-hmm. Know about St. John's Country Day. Now it's a little bit different of a landscape now, because we let we know less about high schools and more about travel programs. True. Right. True. So, uh, bottom line is a very good congratulations St. John's Country Day. They're going to win it again. Right. We'll show you and have a reaction tonight. And and by the way, maybe the most I I think you can make the case. And I've said this before. I, I say this about some things. And listen, I I don't mind like raising my hand and saying, hey, probably I'm a little guilt, guilty of it. I think sometimes we underserve the NASCAR market in Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville, there's a lot of NASCAR fans. Like, I don't know if we talk about it enough. I don't know if we do enough on TV, whether it's radio, whether it's whatever. I, I think, you've, you've mentioned it. That that's enough. Yeah, yeah see, <laughs> I, I'm not sitting here telling you that we could talk about it for three hours. Yeah, yeah. But, like, where I could talk about baseball for three hours, I'm telling you if there's a baseball game on or a NASCAR race on, the NASCAR race is going to get higher ratings. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that means maybe we underserve that market a little bit. I think the most underrated program maybe in the area uh, is St. John's Country Day. Like, I don't. I think if you win 10 state championships, you should be pretty celebrated.
3: No, you <laughs> should be and, and I just nationally known.
1: I just don't know if people outside of those in the know know enough about what they've done and accomplished. And again, I that's a little bit on us. That's today. why we talk about it today. Yeah. Uh, we put it on TV. We put them on TV. But it's pretty incredible that they've won 10 state championships. Then I will say this. Maybe the most overlooked program in the area, at least this year, is the St. John's Country Day boys' soccer team. They play for a state championship tomorrow. Yeah. But everybody talks about the girls' soccer team. Man. It's like UConn women's and ba- basketball uh, and, the, well, and men
2: and women. Yeah, it was like when they both won the championship, <laughs> right? I think that was <laughs> is it Diana Taurasi and Anameka Okafor. I think. Oh. I mean, wow, that's a good poll. Pull.
1: So, so Pull. anyway, good luck to uh, the... Um, boys' team yeah, um, from Spartanland tomorrow. Yeah. By the uh, way, was St. it Donna
2: Tarazi that year or was it Sue Bird? I, I, I okay. might have been wrong. I, Dang. Why would you say that
1: after you just bragged about a poll like well, that and now you're going to say you might the, be the wrong? The
2: fact that I got Anameka Okafor right and I can't get the women's player who won the championship that same year is a – it's my bad, everybody. i have uh, to look that up. <laughs> Please Because well, no, it was on the sports – I remember getting a Sports Illustrated and, like, that was on the cover. It was Anameka Okafor and then some? Uh, somebody from the girls' team won the championship as well.
1: So, anyway, uh, congrats again. St. John's Country Day by Bartram will play a a little bit uh, later in the week as well. The boys from St. John's Country Day uh, play tomorrow. And I think it's Pontevedra. No, yes, Pontevedra girls that will play on Friday um, coming up uh, in the state championship game. So, we have a chance to get three state championships in uh, girls' soccer. Uh, and one in boys' soccer. Uh, Jackson, by the way, in the state semifinals in basketball, lost today to Bishop McLaughlin, uh, 79-71. Another fantastic season for them. They have been uh, very good. Did you get it right? Let's go, Brent.
2: Right there, read them and weep. Diana Taurasi, Anamek Oquifer.
1: And one last uh, plug for high school. Uh, Impact Christian is going to the state championship game. They beat Southwest Florida Christian in the state semifinals, the final four, uh, earlier today. So uh, good luck to them in the state championship game. West Nassau will play in the state final four tomorrow. So that's a look at high school. That was like 25 minutes on high school from Kentucky to Jacksonville. Kind of like it. I like it. You'll see more of it tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. And I'm going to take off because I'm going to a high school baseball game. Have fun, man. Good um, luck. Is it,
2: uh, who, 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 who are they playing? What's, what's the matchup uh, here? You know, everything's been turned around
1: because of the rain. Uh, Kaylee's game canceled. Creekside baseball will play Oak Leaf. Okay. Tonight. We'll take Ty a couple of breakfast burritos. Let's put some weight on it. <laughs> That's a bad idea. i will get you right. I might have to do that. is Our restaurant of the day. That's right. Ty needs a couple of those. Uh, many <laughs> of those. Uh, start each day with that... Uh, Moe's Southwest Grill, breakfast burrito. Only location that has it right now is down in St. Augustine, 6 a.m. until 1045. drive through only. Go check them out down there in St. Augustine. Moe's Southwest Grill, our restaurant of the day. Austin will uh, finish up the show.
2: I got Harden it. going back to Houston. Yeah. Jared Cook released by the Saints. You have any interest? Well, you know, with Harden, too, they're going to retire his number tonight. Kind of awkward. Kind of weird. Are they really? Yeah, seriously. They're going to retire the number 13 tonight for James Harden in Houston. James Harden's number is going to be retired. He's getting retired tonight. They're having a ceremony. Yeah, we're going to talk about it next. Don't worry about it, Brent. Have fun at your baseball game. How crazy is that? You didn't know that? I didn't see and that. That's a big story. Yeah. They're that's... retiring his number tonight.
0: He shouldn't. See, what a great, interesting thing you could have stuck around to talk about, yeah. but no. Like, I almost I want, want to say about now.
1: soccer and NASCAR I, for I almost night. want to just to say that's dumb. <laughs> okay, case closed. <laughs> no, 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 we, we, we talk already about had it. our
0: NASCAR segment. We'll be back <laughs> on ESPN
2: 690. Welcome back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Best of luck to Ty Martin as he gets ready for his baseball game. Brent's going there to watch right now, so I'm going to be driving this whole thing home here with Scott in the next 30 minutes or so and some odd change. But we kind of uh, we left in a little cliffhanger, and I think Brent's kind of bummed that he's missing this topic right now because he had no idea what was transpiring, and I'm not going to lie. When I saw this on Twitter and I saw the reports come out, I thought it was a fake. I thought this was fake news. I thought I was getting trolled. But nevertheless, it is true. And James Harden, Brooklyn Net James Harden, is returning tonight to his his home of nine years in in Houston to take on the Rockets. But in doing so, the Houston Rockets are actually going to retire his number. After he demanded out, after he essentially held the team hostage and said, I'm not playing here, trade me right now, they fulfill his wish, player empowerment once again wins over everything, and now he's coming back and they're retiring the number. I've been very adamant about Houston sports lately, right? The Texans right now, dumpster fire. Houston Astros, cheaters, the the Houston Rockets. I mean, we're we're a year f- removed from Russell Westbrook and James Harden and all the hype that came with that. I mean, they were one of the top teams in the West. Everybody was saying, and now look at them, decimated, lost Clint Capella, and now you have James Harden, the guy that held your team hostage, coming back to get his number retired in a ceremony where you say, "Thank you, James Harden. Thank you for your time." No, I'm not going to lie. I understand this guy was a scoring champion for your team. Um this guy was a, you know, he was an all-star, MVP candidate under that Houston Rockets banner. So I'm not saying don't retire his number. You absolutely have to do that. But to do it not even a year after the fact that he essentially held your team ransom, I have to question this decision.
0: And to do it on the day when he's coming back to play against you. Isn't that insane? As, Scott? that's weird. It's uh, it feels it-
2: it makes, it, it makes zero sense it makes zero sense it is completely tone deaf i think um of the of the organization i'm not sure like what the capacity is going to be like i assume it could be maybe like a limited capacity if even fans are uh going to Houston games right now but uh, imagine like the fan reaction imagine a, a sold out Houston Rockets game and James Harden comes back how are they going to receive him you're, you're going to hear boos because let's be honest when James Harden left Houston it was not on good terms fans were ticked off Fans were burning jerseys. I have no idea what Houston is thinking in doing this. Once again, if you want to wait a year or a couple of years, even wait till he retires to retire the jersey, by all means, send him out with class. Do it right. But to do it literally right after, this is, like, this is like getting a divorce. This is like your wife leaving you. You get divorced, and all of a sudden she remarries, and you're saying, hey, babe, don't worry about it. I'm paying for the honeymoon. Congratulations. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's, it's that weird. It's like, like she
0: invited you back to give her away at the new ceremony. Yeah. Like, like who
2: does that? Like, who gets divorced? Your wife leaves you and all of a sudden it's like, man, don't worry. I'm going to pay for this honeymoon because I appreciate you. Have fun. And that's just – that. that's the realm of craziness that we're dealing with. And speaking of the realm of craziness, and I, I get that Brent didn't want to talk about this today, and I, and I respect it, man, because – I'm a sucker for a, for, for a catchy story. I'm a sucker for, you know, essentially that bat signal going out and saying, well, come check this out. I, I'm a contrarian. Um, I don't agree with everybody else. Make fun of me. Like, when we talk about Chris Sims and the 2021 draft quarterback rankings that he released today, um, I think Brent hit it on the head. Like, we don't have to talk about it. We don't have to address it. It's almost like a T-Rex in Jurassic Park. If you stay still, if you don't do anything, it can't hurt you. But here I am, Brent Martineau gone. I'm sitting here in this spot by myself, and I have to address it. And I have to address the fact that Chris Sims, who is a, a quote-unquote quarterback guru who's been doing these rankings for a while, I have to address the fact that Zach Wilson is number one and Trevor Lawrence is number two. And even more crazy, and even more crazy than possibly Houston retiring James Harden's number tonight, is the fact that this dude has Kellen Mond number four and number five is Justin Fields. Now, is this truly how Chris Sims feels, or is this more of a play to get the to get the looks? Look look at I'm talking about him. Mission accomplished from Chris Sims' part. But like that's the problem with the draft right now and what's transpiring. And Brent actually alluded to this during the break and I thought he made up a great point here. I wish he was here to defend it himself, but I'll go and take it away. He was telling me and, and I absolutely agree with him here. He was telling me without that combine, it's hard for draft experts like Chris Sims, you know, like the the household names of drafting, it's hard for those guys to get a really good idea of what teams are thinking about. Because not only is the NFL Combine a good place to showcase your skills if you're a player, obviously, and go through the meetings and the, the psychological evaluations and all that fun stuff, but it's also a great place to network. And it's also a place where sometimes the rumors get cultivated a little bit. Sometimes the hearsay gets spread around a little bit. And sometimes there's smoke over here and there's smoke over here. Like a lot of the rumors that you hear about, you know, whether it's right before free agency or right before the NFL draft. They happen at the NFL Combine. Well, that's gone this year. All you have are pro days. So when you take that medium away and you take the the networking, the rumors, well, then these draft experts are left to their own devices. And they have to find ways to say, hey, how do I get fans or how do I get, you know, the general audience to click on my stuff, whether it's subscription-based or not, and see what I'm doing? And that's, to me, is why you're seeing, and listen, it happens every single year, right? Like, there's going to be contrarians in anything. But I feel like this year especially, when we've all agreed that Trevor Lawrence is the sure thing, there's been people coming out of the woodwork saying, well, wait a second now, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, let's give you the next Patrick Mahomes, you never know. You're like There seems to be a lot more of that. Like, I'm not sure what transpired Andrew Luck's year, you know, that that was Robert Griffin the third as well. Um But I feel like even back then, I think Andrew Luck was the the bona fide, sure, number one pick. And so is Trevor Lawrence. But I just find it very interesting now that these quote-unquote draft experts are coming out and saying, well, Zach Wilson should be ahead of Trevor Lawrence. But more surprisingly, and this has been kind of the trend it seems like maybe since the Indiana-Ohio State game, maybe a little bit later, is the fall of Justin Fields right now. Because like I just said, Chris Sims has Justin Fields as the fifth-best quarterback. At number six, it's Trey Lance, who I've been a really big fan, I've been a very big big advocate of. But ahead of Justin Fields is Kellen Mond of Texas A&M. Now, yes, Kellen Mond had a great senior bowl. You can't take that away from him. But you mean to tell me on the grand scale, resume to resume, college football season to college football season, that Kellen Mond outplayed Justin Fields? That Kellen Mond showed you so much where you have the audacity to put him ahead of Justin Fields? After I saw Justin Fields absolutely lamb-based a Clemson Tigers defense? After I saw Justin Fields put up points against the mighty Alabama defense? And you mean to tell me that Kellen Mond is ahead of Justin Fields? I really don't know why Justin Fields is dropping so much. Okay? I put up the red flags before. He had a tough trouble. He, he, he had hard times with man coverage against Indiana. The Big Ten championship game against Northwestern, he faltered there as well. But it's like I always say, and, and this is, it's the most, I guess, cliche thing you can say, that in the NFL, you're worried about the quarterback's good, the quarterback's ceiling, over the floor. Hence why Carson Wentz is going to the Colts right now. Because we've seen the good of Carson Wentz. The Rick, the head coach of the Annapolis Colts, he's seen the good of Carson Wentz. He thinks that he can cultivate the talent of Carson Wentz and make him what he was his second year, an MVP caliber type of quarterback. But then when we talk about the college player, when we talk about a guy who I think threw six touchdowns against Clemson, had banged up ribs, and still found a way to win, to go to the national championship game at one of the biggest stages. But like we don't really seem to celebrate that. We celebrate, well, yeah, this guy had a rough game against Indiana. This guy had a rough game against Northwestern. And don't get it twisted. I'm leading that charge. I was one that said, like, I'm not sure of Justin Fields because of the Northwestern game, because of the Indiana game. But if you have the NFL mindset, don't you look at it and say, well, look what this guy did in the national semifinal game. Look at how he played injured and still was the best quarterback on the field, even better than Trevor Lawrence in that game possibly. But here we have him sitting fifth. And here in some mock drafts, we have him, you know, going as the fourth best quarterback. I don't know, man. I I don't know how we put so much stake into bad games in college, but we don't celebrate the good games, it seems like. But at the pro level, it's like if there's a free agent quarterback, oh, we're going to celebrate the ceiling and what's what he's capable of as opposed to the bad that we saw. Carson Wentz last year, and listen, I've I died on this hill, and and I've essentially wagered Brent Martino with this. I think that Carson Wentz is going to have a better year than Phillip Rivers did last year. I, I think he's going to make the Colts a better team. Now, it could be a, a, a very ambitious and aggressive prediction for my part. Time will tell. But once again, if he doesn't, I'm not going to be shocked because what we saw last season was essentially a quarterback that had the yips. Okay, like this guy just, he did not look comfortable out there. It looked like there was a mental block when Carson Wentz would drop back in the pocket. Now, don't get it twisted. He didn't have receiver help. He didn't have offensive line help. There's a lot of things that went into Carson Wentz underperforming last year. But at the end of the day, you see quarterbacks all the time that rise to the cage in those circumstances. That's what separates the average quarterbacks to the great quarterbacks, is when you're surrounded by mediocrity, you have the ability to make everybody around you play better and put the team on your back. Carson Wentz didn't do that last year. Carson Wentz essentially look scared out there. And when they bring in Jalen Hurts, a rookie quarterback that had really zero expectations, what happens? He outshines Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz is gone right now. But once again, I can't drive this point home you know, hard enough. The Colts are all in on Carson Wentz. The Colts are essentially maybe a quarterback away from going to the Super Bowl. But they're bringing in Carson Wentz because of the good that they've seen. They're not worried about the bad. But when we talk about Justin Fields of Ohio State, we immediately bring up the bad right away and not the brilliance that we saw on the big stage. It's baffling to me. It's the it's the catch 22 going from the college game to the NFL game. And as far as Kellen Mond's concerned, I mean, once again, whether you're trying to get the, the clicks, Chris Sims or what be it. I don't think Kellen Mond is the fourth best quarterback in this draft. I don't think he's even the, the sixth, seventh, or maybe eighth. I think, with, with, with all honesty, I might be taking Kyle Trask over Kellen Mond. No disrespect to Kellen Mond. I actually talked about him as one of my college football players to watch during the preseason because I thought Texas a and was going to have a shot um, to play in the national championship game. But to me, Kellen Mond didn't exceed expectations. He underachieved. And any time a quarterback underachieves like that, when expectations are set high for him, when we're talking about the Heisman Trophy, that's a red flag to me, okay? Trevor Lawrence, exceed expectations. Zach Wilson, exceed expectations. Mac Jones, I mean, what are we talking about? Exceeded expectations. Trey Lance, to me, it's not available because he only played one game this season. And Justin Fields, for lack of a better word, exceeded expectations. Those guys should be talked about not the guys that underachieved at the most important position in the game of football. We got one more break coming up here on ESPN 690. We're going to take it home. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll talk about some more football stuff and just kind of some general stuff. By the way, AEW tonight, Shaquille O'Neal making his AEW debut. Get
0: back, Jack. We,
2: We break that down next here on ESPN 690. Back here for the last segment on ESPN 690. A little breaking news coming out of the NFL, and listen, this is expected. There's going to be a lot more of this, a lot more talking points, but anytime it's the tight end position, you know how I feel about it. But Adam Schefter reporting that Jared Cook and Josh Hill have both been released by the New Orleans Saints. Now, once again, when it's a tight end position, if you're a Jaguars fan, you know, your ears go up a little bit. They perk up and like, all right, Jared Cook, what are we talking about here? Well, Jared Cook, 33 years old, coming off of, a, let's be honest, an okay season. Uh, we're talking about 37 receptions, 504 yards, seven touchdowns. You know, it just begs the question, is this guy in the back nine of his career, can he come into Jacksonville and contribute? I like him a lot better than Kyle Rudolph. I like him a lot better than Tyler Eifert. So if it came down to it, Maybe, but once again, I think this guy's in the back nine of his career, and I'm not sure if Jacksonville makes the most sense. And then with Josh Hill, Josh Hill is kind of the enigma of this equation a little bit because, you know, he's 30 years old. He's contributed to the New Orleans Saints, but you see him sparingly here or there. Uh, his best season back in 2014, five touchdowns. When his number got called upon, he was dependable. But as far as the sample size is concerned, I'm not sure what to expect from Josh Hill. If it comes at a cheap price, once again, you need as many tight ends as possible. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, maybe take a look at it. But let's be honest, that signing is not going to knock your socks off or anything like that. I talked about it a little bit. Shaq, AEW tonight. I think we actually have a caller on the line right now that wants to get into AEW. And, and in that say why not? With Brett Martineau gone right now, going to watch it someplace in baseball, I got the keys to the car, and we're, we're, we're finishing this show off right with professional wrestling. Steve, what do you got for me, man? Hey, I got a scenario which I I, I am ashamed that you didn't think of it. I okay. mean, the contract signings were so – you can't say it's not a
0: coincidence. Are we going to see a Battle of the Giants part two? Because if you remember a few WrestleManias ago, you got Big Show versus Shaq.
2: So here's the thing. I have thought about this. I'm not sure what type of condition the Big Show is in to Wrestle right now because, like, to, the, the way they – and listen, we haven't even really heard from the big show yet, right? I think he's going to make some announcements tonight and everything, uh, the interview. like We haven't really seen him in the ring, though, and they haven't really hyped him up. And by the way, Steve, thanks for the question, man. Uh, we appreciate you calling into ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jax. I, I don't know. It's intriguing for sure. The, the timing would definitely make sense because we're talking about Shaq, then all of a sudden here comes the big show. Um, There is definitely some unfinished beef there. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, I definitely thought about it. I just don't know where the big show stands in terms of how much he's gonna be working, um, what his exact role is gonna be in the company quite yet. But maybe we get more of a clear picture after the match tonight with Cody Rhodes and Shaq. And that's the that's the last story we talk about today. And Scott,
0: you you follow wrestling, man? You know what you're talking about. I'm I'm curious to see how this plays out because I think my brother's onto something.
2: Yeah, I think he's onto something as well. And listen, if you're to- like Tony Khan, understands the wrestling business. Tonight either goes extremely well, or it could be a disaster. I think that if, Sha- if Shaquille O'Neal comes out, and he performs and does better than expectations, then it's a home run. But if they make the mistake, and he botches some stuff, which he very well might do, and it feels too gimmicky. I feel like that really that, that's going to tick off the hardcore wrestling fans, which I feel like are even more gravitated to AEW than WWE. So it's going to be a big night for professional wrestling, man. I can't wait. I'm definitely going to tune into it. I'm going to check it out. Let's see what Shaq's got. Obviously, he's going to be working and going against Cody Rhodes, who's one of the best in the business. Um, I have a feeling Cody Rhodes is going to do his job. We'll see if Shaq can do his job. It should be a great match. We appreciate sure you guys listening to ESPN 690 for Brent Martineau. For Austin Lane, for the reliever, Scott pushing all the right buttons. We'll check you guys out tomorrow.
3: Same time, same place. Y'all have a good one. Stay casual and be safe. Peace.